0: you're listening to we used to be cool a podcast for moms we hope you'll join us each week as we pause the craziness to remember that we're not alone and that being a mom is actually really cool (laughs) hey everybody and welcome back to we used to be cool podcast for moms we're here tonight for our final episode of season one Hannah how do you feel about that I feel great it's It's, been fun it's been so fun and I feel like um it's gone by quick like 12 episodes I feel like we just started really and it's just been a blast but we decided to take a little break for the holidays and um give really our editor Ethan a a break (laughs) so (laughs) that he could um not have to do so much work on it And then we'll be back after the new year, but we just wanted to touch base tonight. We were supposed to record last week and um, that was supposed to be the finale. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard us say that, Mm -hmm. that it was going to be the following week. And then we skipped, um, our grandpa passed away last Wednesday. And so we, um, took the week off and we're just spending time with our family and grieving that loss and celebrating his life um which was good I mean it wasn't good but it was good to be with our family and to just have her focus fully on that um it is interesting though I feel like I don't know how if you thought about this at all Hannah but like that was my first time like being in a season of grief as a mom like where I was really grieving something hard besides when our dog passed away Mm -hmm. when we both only had one baby Mm -hmm. but This is the first time I've experienced loss like this as a mom and it's so different because you can't, you don't really have time to be sad. Like Mm -hmm. I felt like, I felt like it was like once the, every single night the kids would go to bed and then I would start crying. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was, I don't know. I had never thought about that, but then it made me feel like some empathy for people grieving Mm -hmm. who are moms because it's so hard to do. Like it's not just, I don't know, you need that time to yourself and to process and to be alone and you just don't really get it and so I Mm -hmm. thought about like people who have lost babies or people who have had pregnancy loss and things like that and just don't even really have the space or the time to confront it and like process it so it's just like just like everything else is harder when you become mom so is the grieving process I think
1: totally I um actually cried a lot in front of Fletcher though (laughs) but um I guess he I wouldn't say he understood he's only three but he was
0: he was cool with it. <laughs> I don't well, know what I'm see, saying, but he was just like. Murphy was, is he's crying not again. cool with it. Uh-oh. When I start crying, he gets very uncomfortable. Oh. um, And I cry pretty often, so it's surprising that he is uncomfortable with it. I think it just upsets him, too. I think he's very sensitive. And mm-hmm. so I think he's, like, feeling himself getting upset. Mm-hmm. And so that's what makes him, like, respond almost in, like, frustration. Like, stop. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. It's like he, because he doesn't really know how to process it. I mean, he's four. Yeah, of course but say all that to say we're here now this is the finale um and the week before when we did our episode just the two of us about Christmas we had asked you guys to submit some questions on Instagram and we answered a lot of those sorry they were so funny um and helpful and great questions and so we had fun talking about them but after we finished recording we had a few more submitted so I thought we could just start with that Hannah just like I would love to okay so questions that we didn't get to last time. And I do want to
1: say that we're not experts on anything, though we've only been parents for three or four years, me three, Zan four, and um I feel like it's almost embarrassing to give
0: advice, but... It's not necessarily advice, it's like, oh yeah, we've been there too, and this sucks. Here's, yeah, Here's and what we tried. What, yeah,
1: or what someone has taught me, I mean, everything I've learned, or everything I do in parenting, I feel like I've just learned from someone else, I don't know if I do anything just... um Uh, nothing is my original idea i feel like
0: no same it's like something i either heard on a podcast or read in a book or that my mom did or Mm -hmm. my friend did Mm -hmm. um so that's all we're really sharing is not our brand new ideas yeah exactly so
1: what's the first question
0: okay the first well the first question slash comment was toddler sleep oh i know I know, because it is um, elusive (laughs) and hard to come by in my house. Um,
1: I I have no advice on sleep. I'm not (laughs) the person. I feel like I talk to all my clients who are such better sleep people than me, and I'm like, oh, my toddler, his bedtime routine is literally watching an episode of something on TV. Like, we do the bath, and then as I'm laying Hank down, he sits on the couch with Judson, watches TV, falls asleep. I carry him to his bed. <laughs> and then we go to bed. <laughs> There's like, and it s- works. <laughs> yeah, works like a charm. Sleeps all night and we see him in the morning. But we, I think my, that's, I don't have any advice at all. I literally just, am like, do what you have to do. I feel like I have more advice. I feel like for like sleep training because I've done that twice and like stuck to it more than
0: toddler sleep. Toddler sleep is a whole nother um, animal. My biggest I guess advice is to leave them in the crib as long as humanly possible. Like as long as they can fit, don't move them to a bed.
1: Yeah, two people have asked me that recently. When did Fletcher move to a
0: bed? I'm like after the age of three. Yes.
1: (laughs) Literally. Moses is
0: still happily in his crib and he's my best sleeper by far. He's, He's two and a half and he sleeps like an angel, truly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Murphy, the moment we moved him to a big kid bed, it was over. Yeah. Like his good sleep ended, truly. And she
1: changed him over to a bed at two years old. Yeah, he
0: was two, he was potty training, and I mean, it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But I, <laughs> it was not smart. It was that first child, guinea pig And situation. then I learned that lesson from her watching her struggle with
1: that, and I truly um, kept Fletcher in there as long as possible. And then he started waking up at night because – I think he was just trying to roll around and hitting the sides of the crib, and it was waking him up. So that's when we switched him to a big boy bed, and he's done great. He's been fine.
0: Yeah, I think it's just one thing that this person said was, the how do you do the bedtime routine? I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I have to go potty. I need a blank, 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 mm-hmm. and how it just, like, is never ending.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one thing, I don't know if this is advice or a tip or a hack, but if you, I give my child one milligram of melatonin. I would, I'm totally against that.
1: Okay, why? Why? (laughs) Um, Well,
0: he's your worst sleeper. Okay, but (laughs) Moses takes it too, and he's my best sleeper. Oh, he does? Uh I thought
1: Moses didn't take it. No, I would say because I heard one time, literally everything I hear is on a podcast, that our bodies produce melatonin naturally, and if you're giving it fake- It stops producing? Yes, it stops naturally producing it, and it's like, oh, I need that gummy. Like, I need that to fall asleep. Your body's like, I'm getting it from somewhere else. I don't need to produce it myself. Okay, I heard that a long time ago, and I've just I've never given my kids melatonin. Okay,
0: well I do. Yeah, <laughs> only really and truly, it's the smallest dose you can get, unless you cut a one milligram in half. But it is literally just calms their bodies down and helps them get ready for sleep. Because sometimes men are so hyped up, and so I think that eliminates some of the. Because sometimes I think the questions, the routine, all of that is because maybe they're not quite tired enough yet, mm-hmm. and you're trying to get them to go to sleep, and they're not really tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they don't, they're not sleepy, I should say, you know, that they're tired, but they're not ready for sleep. And so I think that could help. But if you're against that or if Hannah's, um, <laughs> you're on team, n- no, <laughs> no, and then ignore me. But if you're desperate and looking for something different, that's to try, to try. it's totally, you know, pediatrician approved. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Moving on from sleep, because obviously we have nothing, nothing much to offer. Okay. Um, Another question or comment from a friend of the pod, um, I'm going to pull it up, hang on, sorry, was, literally she said, toddlers, exclamation point, help. <laughs> um, and then she went on to say that she doesn't really know how to discipline Um. He is about to be two, and she was just talking about how she doesn't know how to discipline and also how to discipline when other people in your family or, like, his daycare or, you know, your mom or whoever keeps him has a different strategy than you and, like, how to keep that, maintain that balance, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think um, from what, we, what I hear, consistency
1: is key. Um, I wouldn't know. I, I would say... I'm very thankful that my my mom doesn't discipline my children and I think that's kind of the way that it should be for grandparents I think. I think that your grandparents should be I don't know this is just what I think that they should just be the fun grandma whatever like
0: and I guess so sometimes it, there has to be a consequence like or some sort of discipline if like yeah, they are with them and they are in danger or they're mm-hmm. with them and they hit someone or they're with them and they do something that. So then what if your
1: grandma then the mom just has her s- consistency at her house and he knows, OK, when I'm at my grandma's house, if I do something wrong, then I am going to time out. And that's the way it is for two minutes. And then we're going to talk about it and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you-, you can do your own discipline at home. Yeah. And then you definitely can't control daycare and what they do.
0: No. And I think that the hard part, too, is like everyone's first child is just kind of the guinea pig and you're kind of figuring it out. And no one knows how to do it and no one knows what they're doing. And honestly, it's funny because we were just talking about this with Hank the other day. It's like, I don't know how to discipline him. Even though you've already done it one time, mm-hmm. they get to this age close to, you know, Hank's 18, almost 18 months. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because all of a sudden they do know right from wrong and they do know what they're doing. And so you do have to discipline, but it's also like, what is the right technique here? And it's like, you have to go back and well, what worked for Fletcher might not work for Hank or what worked for Murphy may not work for Moses. And so every single kid is different. Every single situation is different. It's very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think Moses gets away with a lot more than Murphy did and does and Hank will probably be in a similar boat maybe. But um, I was also thinking about the book um, parenting parenting which had this advice about the three d's and how like every single thing that your child does that it may be quote-unquote wrong doesn't necessarily require discipline so hold on look yes for sure I want to pause before we get to the
1: three d's and say that I think that The key to it, according to Andy Andy Stanley and my sister in law, Jane, (laughs) is to be very consistent. And so I think that what you need to do first with your husband or your, even, or if you're a single mom, whatever, your partner, whatever, you need to choose what that main consequence is going to be for the, and then you go into that. So I just want to say that I think you should start there and then go into, um, you can go back into your thing, but I think that's an important part of it.
0: Totally. So, once you know what your form of, of consequence is going to be. So, like, for us, Murphy, um, it's kind of like timeout, except it's kind of removing him for whatever the situation is. So, like, it's immediately, especially if we're with a group of people, he has to get up and go to the bathroom or to a room with Ethan or me and talk. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's not – it's not um, – Usually it's more like a warning and a conversation and like, you know, what you did is wrong and this is what, you know, we can't do that. And most of the time it's corrected, I think, with that. But then the thing is, like I said, every single thing they do that's quote unquote wrong doesn't require that conversation mm-hmm. um, or whatever your consequence is. And so um, they the way that Andy Stanley and Sandra Stanley say in their book is that they're, they have basically three non-negotiables and. Um, And so if their child is disobedient, disrespectful, or dishonest, there is an immediate consequence no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of takes some of the things away of like, okay, well, if they hit their brother, what's the consequence? Mm -hmm. Or if they don't eat their dinner or they throw their dinner on the floor, what's Mm -hmm. the consequence? Instead of just being like, was that disrespect? Yes, hitting your brother is disrespectful. Okay, you get the consequence. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of an example like that doesn't fall under those three that would be like. Well, mm, I'm trying to think. A lot of them will end up fitting under those three, really.
1: Yeah, they do. But a lot of times it's like, okay, Fletcher, you are being, he's hyper. Mm -hmm. And so he's acting like a three-year-old and being childish. Children are going to be childish. Mm -hmm. They are going to act like three-year-olds. He's not intentionally being disrespectful or disobedient. So sometimes he's like, he was chasing Hank the other day around the house, and they're having so much fun. And he's like, you better go faster, and then pushed him. And then Hank fell down and hit his head. Well, really, ju- I mean, Fletcher wasn't trying to be ugly. He wasn't being disrespectful. He just, but Hank is screaming, crying on the floor. And I'm like, Fletcher, you know. Right. So then you have to talk about being gentle, but he didn't deserve a full consequence for that's,
0: that's pushing example. Hank
1: down because he's being a kid who's just excited. and Right, he wasn't crazy. mad at
0: Hank when he did it. Yes. Yeah,
1: that's but a but good like example. I had that problem the other night at I was just your house um, when Fletcher... Little little did we know, <laughs> Until
0: was Mercury putting told us. his
1: drink in his mouth and then um, spitting it out on the floor and on the couch and thought he was, Murphy and Moses were laughing and he was laughing and he thought this is hilarious. I'm getting a lot of laughs. I'm going to keep doing it. This is great. These guys are loving this <laughs> He
0: is his father's and then, until all of
1: a sudden Murphy's like, uh, oh, mom, it's getting all over <laughs> and the floor is getting sticky. And we were, I was like, Oh my goodness. So that was a hard one because I'm like, Judson's like, he's disrespecting Zan's furniture here and he knows and he did he knew it was wrong but he was also doing it because he was getting laughs and he thought it was hilarious so in that case Judson took him to the bathroom had a talk but wasn't quite as stern as he would be in a really mean disrespectful situation it was like okay you're a three-year-old boy who's excited to be with your cousins and you're being crazy but we still need to talk about we never spit spit drinks and we don't spit inside at all but we definitely aren't spitting drinks on people's furniture and on their floor
0: right that's good I forgot I mean I didn't forget all that but that's a true example of, like oh, some oh, you haven't my, about it yet oh crap <laughs> my my Facebook marketplace couch will never be the same um <laughs> no but I was thinking too when you said that like it's very um it's it's not always black and white obviously nothing in parenting is but those 3ds do help you kind of see it through that lens of like is this one of these three things um and if so how should how am I going to respond and mm-hmm. and my spouse when I'm not home they know this is how we respond mm-hmm. we both are, have agreed that these are our three non-negotiables and yours might not be disobedience disrespect and dishonesty mm-hmm. right I mean yours could be anything that mm-hmm. you you as a couple or as a family decide or not as as non negotiables mm-hmm so, again, this is just stuff that we've learned and that we're trying to figure out. Okay. I mean, obviously, Moses is at a different age than Murphy and Fletcher, and so we're trying to figure out what works for him. So every kid is very different. Every age is different, and everything has to kind of continually be modified and changed. But that book also talks about how that first age group, zero to five, um, is called discipline the disciplineers Mm -hmm. because all you're trying to do is teach them what the rules really are they don't know Mm -hmm. um and so it's just that reminding and following through and being consistent Mm -hmm. because they also are little and they're going to forget things that you've said and they might make the same mistake multiple times and it doesn't mean that they're being disobedient necessarily it just means that they have to be taught over and over and over again repetition um too one thing that um
1: we also, um, um, find super important and, and Andy Stanley talks about is reconciling. So after we do discipline Fletcher, um, and we have that stern talk or whatever it is, then we also hug him at the end. So we don't want him to think that we're so angry. Um, and that like, this is, like an unforgivable thing that you've done and we are disappointed and angry all right we're done here and we're gonna move on like at the end we're hugging him and we're like we don't want you to get consequences buddy you know we love you so much like come sit here with me and like he sits on our lap and we hug and he always wants to do that after he is um like after he gets his consequence and then we're just like We don't want you to have to get consequences, but sometimes when you make a bad choice, like, or when you make a bad choice in life, there is a consequence for it. And that's why we had to do this. And so I think it's really important to, like, reconcile always after. Also read in a book recently, like, Habits of the Household. He's talking about, like, his youngest son, um... He like picked him up after work or whatever. Like he ran to him and he, and then he was probably like Hank's age, 17 months or whatever. And like then he was like, hey, buddy. And then he like hit his dad in the face because he was like loving hitting. And then he's like, no hitting, you know? And then he's like, we need to go have a talk or whatever. And he, but then he looks at his kid, his other kids who are like, staring at him and he looks at them and like winks and smiles because it was and to show hey even the person who's in charge isn't really me I'm not mean I'm not someone to be scared of and like this is just um what has to happen when you make a choice kind of that's thing good. and so it's like I'm still your dad and I'm still a lot of fun but let me go talk to him about hitting because mm-hmm. he did hit you know that's good but it was kind of like a sweet way of just them always knowing, even though I'm in charge and I'm to be respected, I also am your friend and I love you guys. And it's, this is, you know. Yeah, I think
0: about, um like, when we had Sarinda on and she was just talking about, like, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And, like, that mentality of, like, remaining calm and kind and loving through everything. Mm-hmm. Even the discipline mm-hmm. um, is so important. And it's hard to do. And I think in the moment, it's especially something that like really upsets you or is really bad or like you're in public and something happens. It's very hard to like maintain composure sometimes mm-hmm. and to not kind of snap. And I think that goes back to, to reconciling and also apologizing if it does, you know, if you not apologizing for a consequence, but apologizing if you raised your voice or if you reacted in anger um, or whatever. So I just think, That's
1: super important too. And I heard that actually on a podcast today that I was listening to about that being one of the most important and like, um, um, something that your child will always remember and that will shape them is how you apologize to them and how you, um, admit your wrongs and just, you know, Mm -hmm. tell them like I was wrong and I'm, I'm so sorry that I raised my voice the way that I did. It makes a huge difference as you grow and
0: And it's funny because sometimes when I do that to Murphy, I remember one of the first times I ever apologized to him, I can't, I think it was literally a middle of the night situation where I was like, I get very frustrated in the middle of the night, back to toddler sleep, he doesn't sleep. So I can get frustrated and react in anger. And so then the next day, or even like that hour later, we're laying in his bed and I'll apologize. And I remember one of the first times I ever apologized to him, he was like, why are you saying that? (laughs) And I'm like, because like, I care about you and I love you and I want you to know that I'm sorry. And. Moms and dads are supposed to say sorry, too. But, like, even he was, like, caught off guard because they're not expecting that you can mess up or do wrong. And so mm-hmm. I think showing that to them is, like you said, really important.
1: And also, Andy Stanley says in that book, from one from one thing I want to say is that um, if you can't, if you haven't understood this so far in our season, it's <laughs> that you should buy and read Andy Stanley's parenting Never book. It's covered. so good. Um, but he talked about raising your voice and says, which I know this can be convicting, but he says like you should only raise your voice with your children if they are in danger. About you to should touch the never stove, about raise to... your voice unless they are literally about to run out in front of a car or whatever. And he's like because it's proven science that raising your voice invokes fear and you don't want to be scaring your kids like or Unless they need to be scared or something. Unless they need to be scared and he talks about how he like practiced that with his kids remember like running out in front of a car or, or like pretending okay let's pretend a car's coming in your sister's running out in front of it what are oh, yeah. what am i going to do and what are you going to do you know and then Sweet. yells but um, it i is, think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is raising their voice and they
0: feel so guilty about it and then right after mm-hmm. well and it's i do it i'm really bad about it and it's funny because i I don't know. I'm surprised that I'm really bad at it or like that I fall into that trap. And I think a lot of the time it's like I've tried everything else and now all I can do is yell because I'm frustrated and Mm y'all aren't listening and you're screaming at each other. So can you even hear me if I don't yell? And like the answer is yes. There's other ways to handle it. Um, and it's also, I've, I've told Hannah this already, but like, I've noticed lately that Murphy has been raising his voice at Moses and I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's getting that from me. And that's horrible because it sounds awful coming out of his mouth. And it's, it's just literally because he's seen me do it and heard me do it and Ethan <laughs> I was like saying this in front of Hannah and, Ethan, and Ethan's like I wasn't gonna say anything <laughs> yeah I'm like oh gosh so like it's not, I, I'm not like really you're noticing it too um but it is so hard and so don't feel this is what I remind myself when it does come out that like whatever the statistic is about you can you know you could mess up and that it doesn't ruin them and that you you know only have to get it right so many times. Yeah, but just keep working on it and don't mm-hmm. get so down on yourself if you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, we all do. And it's just part of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I also, um, oh gosh, what was I about to say? Now I don't remember. I think uh, one thing that I always say to my children too, to know that I'm being serious is I say, you need to listen and obey. (laughs) And that is just something that we, Judson and I both say, and also Andy Stanley talks about like not counting um, to three because it doesn't really actually mean anything. Yeah, And um, he has a good way of putting that, that I can't remember right now. I was going to look it up before this podcast and I forgot. But um, so I say that to Fletcher a lot when, like, when I mean business, I'm saying you need to listen and obey. (laughs) And he knows like, that's a serious thing. I think that's a good um, thing that I truly I learned that from someone else too. But Jamie Nato, actually, I love her. Yeah,
0: and there's some things too, like and it does. I think it is good to have some cue words or something mm, yeah, like that like because that. every situation isn't dire or like mm-hmm. very serious. But there are times when, especially when you're, you know in public or with other people or it's a safety thing or whatever like it does Mm -hmm. you know I feel like for one example like Ethan's parents have um koi pond now and so we're all very paranoid but like that's something that could be dangerous and so just like setting the parameters before we even go outside these are the rules around the koi pond and just like having those like when we're going to have this talk before we even get there like before it even becomes an issue let's talk about it and so I think that's a good thing too just to know what could cause like kind of troubleshooting like before you get to a certain situation where a problem could come up and like like going ahead of kind of yeah and talking about it ahead of time and like especially if we're we do this when we're going to each other's houses I think both of us probably do this like we're going over to Fletcher's house and so we're going to make sure that we're being kind and we're sharing and we're not you know whining and complaining and when it's time to go it's time to go and just like Mm -hmm. I think talking about those things so that you don't get caught like in a fit or in a situation. If y'all can hear our family outside, (laughs) all the boys are outside and Sonny are outside right now riding bikes and um, right outside Judd's shop. And so Ethan was like, this will be a good night for y'all to try to maybe keep it under 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, we'll try. Yeah, they um, are. This is our first
1: time recording, not after bedtime. And yeah. they are running
0: wild out there.
1: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I do are, have something I want to say Um, that I was just thinking of about what you were saying about when we go to each other's houses beforehand, we have a talk and all that. I think another, and you were talking about sharing, and I think that something that I've learned that's so important is to call out or like say what you want your child to be to them. Like you're kind of like bringing them up to Mm -hmm. it or something Mm -hmm. like people say. So Fletcher, I say to him all the time, Hey, you love to share in our family, the Brock's we love to share, don't Mm -hmm. we? And he's like, yeah, no lady. I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, what family you're talking about, (laughs) but I just say it all the time. And the other day he asked me for some of my food and he looked at Judd and was like, mom
0: loves to
1: share. (laughs) <laughs> ah, you, gotcha, lady. Yeah. And I was like, yes, you can have some. <laughs> but That's cute. Um, that or just being like also calling it out when they have good manners. Like I just think it's so important to be as positive as possible yes. with your kids and say Every single time I see them doing something good, like even today, Moses was like, Hello, Hannah, and I'm like, Good manners, just because he said hey to me as he was riding right. his bike by me. He, you know, like just always saying, Those were great manners, good job. Wow, did you guys just see Murphy do this? Um, that was awesome, Murph. And positive reinforcement goes just, so much further yes, than negative exactly. consequences. That's what I'm trying to
0: say, and that's like Education 101 too um just because of my background like it's so even teachers and that's what we're taught is that like encouraging positive behavior goes a lot further mm-hmm. and like catching them doing the right thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and that also encourages their siblings like Moses is at this point now or Murphy too if I compliment Moses then Murphy wants to make sure he's doing that too yeah that's or so if good. Murphy does something well and I comment on it Moses notices so just mm-hmm. like that's another thing when you have multiples like They are watching and learning from each other. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really smart. Really good advice. That's great. Um, Okay. So let's, do you have anything else? Like we're done with the questions, but is there anything that like you've been thinking about lately or learning about or anything like that before we wrap it up? Man, when you were just talking,
1: I had something that I wanted to add to that and now I can't remember what it was. Um, no. Oh, yes, I do know what, what it was. I thought this was such a good thing to remember as parents. I heard it on um, Levi Lusco's podcast. He's like, I heard before. Like, think about like this phrase. Like, oh, when my parents always said this. My parents always said this. So, like, when you're a grown adult, it's like, what did your parents always that's say? So, true. so you want it to be something that's positive, or whatever. Like, he, I think he was talking about telling your children that you're proud of them and stuff. And, um, I was like, oh my gosh, in my head, I was like, what does, what would Fletcher say right Jeff? now? Like, no, but what I was going to say let's is I was in thinking, okay? <laughs> let's call <it> our, <laughs> our live guest. Um, no, but what I was going to say is that I thought I was like driving my car and I was thinking about that and I was like, what did my parents say that I remember? Like my parents always said, and what they always said was. As long as you're doing your best, that is all we ask for, right? Because I I was, like, a very bad student. And, like, that is what rings in my head. Not, like, these grades are awful and you need to work harder. But, like, instead... That. And so I was like, wow, that is true, because that's how I feel, and uh-huh. I, I feel that way even to this day. As long as I'm doing my best, I mean, there's nothing else I can do except my best, and like, that's definitely because my parents said that to me over and over again, all through um, kindergarten, all the way to senior year. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. I didn't, I've never thought of that. But, but. it's a good reminder to uh-huh. keep in your head. So what do you want your kids to say that, like, I'm proud of you, or whatever it is,
0: what does, what phrase do you want them to remember? Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, I like that a lot. One thing that always, um, that really convicted me and similar to that, like in the things that we say to our kids, it was about like, I don't remember how exactly it was worded, but like when we say negative things about our kids or to our kids, it doesn't make them love us less, but it makes them love themselves less, Aww. think less of themselves. That's I'm like, sad. oh, it's heartbreaking to think about, but like even little things like even if you're being silly, like, oh, y'all are driving me crazy or something. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, my mom thinks I'm annoying. Mm -hmm. And then you go to school and these people probably think I'm annoying. Mm -hmm. I just think about that. Like, not that I've ever said you're annoying me, but like eventually they would learn that like you're driving me crazy means you're annoying. Yeah. Um, and so just kind of just really watching and taming our tongues, I guess. And it's so hard especially sometimes in the moment like we talked about already with raising your voice like sometimes things just come out and you're like oh my gosh I wish I didn't say that Mm -hmm, definitely um but that's just really good I like that of just thinking about what you want your kids to look back and say my mom always said Mm like I like that um anything else you want to add anything the Lord's teaching you or you're learning right now one thing that that I think has helped me Um, A lot with discipline or
1: maybe just with the way my kids have been acting lately is taking Christian Stallings advice of making smoothies (laughs) Um, because my kids are get so hangry, if you will, in the afternoons. And I after we did that podcast with her, the hopeful mom. And she gave us those smoothie recipes. I've been doing those, like, literally probably five times a week. They drink smoothies, and it just fills them up so fast. It's something you can just suck down out of a straw, and it really does change their, um, their little moods and their attitudes. And so I think it's just really important to remember that kids can be acting Same so bad and be. acting out just because they're hungry.
0: And they can't express those things like you yeah. can as adults. They don't even necessarily know when they're hungry. Yeah.
1: And I think it's always also good, and I already said this, but just to remember that kids are going to be kids. They're going to act childish because they are children. And it's just give yourself a break and also give them a break. It's like it's all going to be fine. And my kids run wild. I mean, the other night my mother-in-law kept them, and she was like, I – Fletcher is not allowed to run behind the Christmas tree, is he? And I was like, oh, yes, ma'am, he is, (laughs) because he's a kid. I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to, that's for some reason his favorite place to hide right now in our house or like play is behind the Christmas tree, and it's just like, that's not a battle. I think just picking your battles and being like, that's not what I want to fight. Yes, he can go behind. You can do it. Go for it, buddy. You know? Right. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, she didn't think it was crazy or anything, but I was just like, yeah, it's fine. Like,
0: Especially when we're at home, like, that's their house, too. And, yeah. like, if they, it's just like, like, I don't have to wear pants at home. Like, right. I, don't, I mean, it's just, like, little things that, like, you said, like, this is their house, and this is where they can be themselves and do kind of what they want to do. And, yeah. So just picking your battles, Mm -hmm. I think, is so important and just remembering that they're kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah, y'all just come to our houses. You'll see. Yeah. These kids are wild. (laughs) You can hear them right now. (laughs) Um, But it's, yeah. That's that's good. good. It's fun. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Um, Well, the season has been so fun, and we're really thankful. We already have some guests lined up for next season, and we're just looking forward to it. I guess it'll be sometime middle of January, probably. We're just going to. Take a few weeks off and then we'll get back to recording. But um, every single week, we've had so many nice comments and just people reaching out and sharing the podcast. And it just truly means so much to us. Like it's cr- the first week we literally, I mean, we thought nobody was going to listen to it. And so we were very um, casual, which we still are. But um, we're just surprised and really thankful that you even listen. Um, and that you've felt encouraged and we love hearing from you and hearing that. So thank you so much. And so leave a review people. Yeah. (laughs) Subscribe Um. (laughs) or whatever. Follow the show. (laughs) Um, but Hannah, let's I'm going to ask you this before we go. Okay. What was your, I don't want to say like a rose and thorn, but like, what was your favorite or the thing maybe that someone said that has just really stuck with you this season from one of our guests? Well, I just answered that. Oh, was it was the Christians? Okay. So it was Christian, Christian you rule. <laughs> she this is funny because if she listens to this, she'll think this is funny. The other day I posted on my um Instagram Murphy and Moses and Sonny all at the kitchen counter helping me make something, but she couldn't tell what I was making. And she <laughs> applauded it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I would be so embarrassed if she realized it, this was a Betty Rocker brownie mix. <laughs> Because it looked like they were helping me cook something special. It was not. Um, But I did love hers. And I did buy my kids the little play knives. And they have been helping cut fruit up and vegetables up at home. So that's been really fun. Hers was great. Um, And mine, I actually already said it too. Because I think mine was surrender just reminding us that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And just the importance of keeping the relationship as our central focus. And just being kind to our kids and and letting them see us be kind to their siblings and be kind to our spouse and be kind to everyone. Yeah. And how much of an example that is, um, but there were so many good. Yeah, I could think, funny say something like from every episode. I, me it was too. So fun.
1: And I and thought good. about that.
0: I kind of want to go back and listen. Like I was thinking about Emily Jennings episode and how good that was. There was she was one I think that said like. There too, like childish behavior is okay. Mm -hmm. Like they're a two-year-old, you're allowed to act like a Mm two-year-old and things, I think she was the one who said that, but there's so many good ones. Um, Blake, our first guest, I mean, she messaged us last night that she was working on Advent blocks with her kids and just like discipling them and it's just, she's it's just good. It's just fun. And so we're thankful and we're blessed and we're just really um, glad to be doing this and glad that even a few of you are feeling um, a little less alone. That's For one sure. thing that several people have said is like, oh my gosh, that's the thing. It makes me feel less alone. And that's really what we wanted you to feel because mm-hmm. we, um, yeah, it sucks to feel like no one gets it, mm-hmm. but every, every mom is <laughs> in
1: such a similar
0: boat, whether you realize it or not.
1: Yeah. So if your kid has ever, um, spit Capri out over <laughs> on someone else's couch, <laughs> <laughs> make a joke, you ain't alone girl. <laughs> right here with you. <laughs>
0: All right. All right, Hannah. What you want to say All to right. wrap up season Peace one? Peace and
1: love. Peace and love. Yeah. I Have Oh, I
0: should tell y'all based on last week's that I ordered my Christmas cards today. I just ordered them. Oh. That's... I had to do expedited shipping. You did? I mean, otherwise they wouldn't be here till the 22nd or 20th. What website? I don't want to say. Okay. Yeah. Don't. All right. Let's hang it up. Snapfish. <laughs> 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 and they literally don't look that good, but it's okay. Um. But yeah, we are thankful for you and excited and we will catch you in 2024.